when I was 27, I unfortunately got cancer, testicular cancer. I was kind of like, there's more to life than this. If you told your boss you were quitting tomorrow and said you were going to set up on your own and you turned around to him and said, if it doesn't work out in three months, would you give me my job back? A lot of them have been working at the same place for 10 years. So they go, well, yeah, actually, I do. I do think he'd give me my job back. Say, well, what's your risk then? I was like that for a while. I kind of always knew that I wanted out. I didn't see the opportunity because I was kind of like, well, what would I do? Do you know what I mean? And you know, humans majority are defined by their external situations, whether it be their friends, their job, you know, their house, they're reinforced daily about who they are based on a lot of external things. It just is what it is. And these no bad type people, and it's good and it's bad. You're not defined by anything, but what's in your brain, basically. Mm -hmm. You're changing the places, the people you're hanging out with, the atmospheres. You know, obviously you can find yourself this way. You know, what you like, what you really like, not what society told you or how you grew up or cultural programming, et cetera. But it's a lifestyle that I don't think we're evolved or, you know, whatever you believe in to, to necessarily handle. And there's issues that arise from it. And you become really selfish. And that is the scary part too. Because when you're living on the on the road, you're not really tied down to you know anything around you or or whatnot. Like, look, no one tells me what to do. I do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, with who I want, right? right. So imagine living that lifestyle, you know, for years on end and not developing some sort of uh, selfishness, right? Like, I think these are issues that uh, that come about in, in this lifestyle. Freedom, yes, it's great, but with everything, you pay a price. And my last tax bill before I left was six figures. If you're from certain countries, particularly UK and Europe, it's it's very very easy to just sort of not pay taxes. Well, I say it's easy. You've got to leave. If you're not from the US, actually, the largest tax haven on earth is the USA. Go to the third world and see what government really is. When it's in your face, it's completely criminal, completely corrupt. I, I mean, I'm a big, the government is just mafia with flags type of person. Like but Method acting, in it? Getting in the zone. You'll be, doing, you'll be banging your chest soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, back in bold, another beautiful day in Brazil, Acuna Matata. Today, we got an interesting uh, Twitter guide. He's been a very nice Twitter friend, and this is rare. <laughs> Like I've been on this app probably back since March. And when I first got on there, I was, you know, happy go, treating it like normal social media. And then I got wrapped up into this, this, this arguing and these people on here. And I'm, I'm trying to refocus on Twitter and, and stay away from like that, that toxicity because, man, it just it comes. And I try to explain this, but like in my normal life, nobody talks shit to me. OK, in person, you know, and for everyone, no one just comes up to you and starts, you know, arguing or saying dumb shit like it's very. And let me rephrase it, too. Like I met a lot of good people on the Twitter. Yeah. It's great for networking, but you just have to be cognizant of your your attitude on there. So do you want me to call you Dottie or your, your first name? You can call you can call me Dottie. It's OK, mate. That's what most of my friends call me. Um, you are right, though. There's far too, far, far too much anger online, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? It's like some people have, have got too much time on their hand or, you know, um, very bitter about about things or, you know, it's, it's crazy. Isn't it? But I guess that's what the block button's for, right? True. And you can say it as much as you want. Like we know this consciously that these are kind of dark holes of social media. And I was doing some affirmations before this and, you know, your British humor was, was laughing at it. But I, I definitely think uh, a lot of this this shit is is meant to lower your vibrations and your energy levels and so forth. So I don't know. You got to take the good uh, from what you can. But subconsciously, I know this shit fucks with you. I really do. So one of these days, just shoot the phone and, you know, Hakuna Matata.
<laughs> shoot the phone, yeah, throw it off the balcony. Sod everybody. <laughs> but no, why I want to have you on though, obviously you're a nice dude. We started, you know, shooting in the DMs and uh, it sounds like from what I heard, well, obviously you're from uh, England and then you did the normal corporate life, I assume quite successful and maybe something wasn't quite fulfilling, but you, you now you became a nomad since like 2018, basically, you know, world traveler. Uh, you found a niche, niche, niche online uh, with business. Uh, you're kind of living the dream of many. I think of many that are in that kind of corporate rut you know, are looking obviously for retirement or kind of what's next and going, you know, week by week and but you're you kind of made it out. Is that fair to say, or kind of can you give me a synopsis of the situation you're in? I, I think that yeah, that's definitely a, a, a fair you know a, a fair thing to say. Uh, I did kind of manage to get out of the rat race. I mean, it took me a long it took me a long long time though. Um, you know, um, we were talking weren't we just before we kind of uh, you know came on came on area that um, how I kind of sort of got into the traveling and I guess. For me, it was, I've always got, I've got family across the globe. So I've got an auntie and uncle that live in Canada. I've got a cousin that lives in Sydney. I've got a cousin that lives in Colombia. And I, when I was kind of in the rat race, if you want to call it, or the corporate world, the corporate, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, um, very much kind of used my holidays, maximize my holidays to try and, um, you know, uh, go to these places. So I sort of split my time between UK maybe a month in Australia, come home for a few months, do the, do the, do the work thing, disappear to Colombia for, for, for a month. And, you know, I think um, like one of my cousins that lives in Colombia, he's kind of been doing the digital nomad thing since we were about 20, 2021, you know, um, and I've never told him this, but he was kind of always my sort of, you know, it he, he, he was like an inspiration almost. I was like, surely I can, surely I can do this. But he had a different set of skills to me. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not like a, a web developer, not not copywriter or anything like that. Um, probably my background's recruitment. So I've always dealt with people, you know, kind of, I can sell if the product's right. Um, so it was always kind of um, waiting for that sort of opportunity. Um and I think the, the biggest, and I, and I was very successful in, in terms of my career, probably from the age of like 29 to about 33, I ended up becoming the managing director of a business. You know, I had the six-figure salary, the nice sports car. Um, but towards the end, i got to be honest, I was miserable. Yeah, absolutely miserable with it. Um, you know, dealing with like 30, 35 staff sometimes on a daily basis it's fucking hard work, you know. It, it it's mind blowing some of the things that you, you you need to deal with. The biggest kicker for me was, um, I think when I was about so when I was twenty seven, um, I unfortunately got cancer, testicular cancer, right? So, kind of, it's not like a switch flipped, but I think subconsciously what happened was I was kind of like there's more to life than this. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's more to life than, than getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning, going to the gym before you go to your corporate office job and getting home at 6.30 at night and then getting up and doing it again. And and kind of, I guess, living for the weekend because I very much did that for many years. My 20s are hazy because I was just pretty much drunk and, and you know, for 52 weekends because that's, that's how many there are a year, right? For about 10 years. Um, and I remember one day I was sat at home Cousin rang me from Sydney, yeah, and then I had a conversation with him, 
And then my other cousin who lives in Colombia, he kind of rang me like coincidentally half an hour later. And he was like, yeah, I'm in Croatia. And I was sat in my front room waiting for a new kitchen to be delivered. And I was like, mate, there is, I had a conversation with myself. I was like, this, this scenario is, is fucked up. There's something seriously wrong here. <laughs> and it was, and it was kind of these cultures, you know, these kind of little things, these events, the cancer thing. And, and where I was kind of like, do you know what? This is, this is kind of not how I want to live my life. I want to be able to travel, see the world, have all the free freedom. I'm very successful in terms of finances, Finance is not my driver. Freedom is. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the one thing that, that that drives me. And then when I was the MD of the job, I kind yeah, of yeah. Let me let me let me hop in here. Let me hop in here. So you had that uh, that big scare kind of, and I kind of woke you up with the the testicular cancer. I can't speak today. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, but you kept going down the same path. So obviously, what it motivated you to be the the head managing guy and you know making good money from twenty seven yeah. to thirty three, right? It kind it kind what it did it, first and foremost. What it did is it it kind of stopped me messing around. Yeah, um, you know, I was I, I, I was kind of traveling a little bit at that, that time. I'm a big football fan, as you would say, soccer for the for the US and audience. Um, my team's Manchester United, so I was able to kind of go and watch Manchester United play in Europe and, and away all the time, like pretty much every week. And that was kind of my way of being able to see different places whilst watching something that I enjoy um, at, at the same time. So, I, you know, I could I could visit like eight or nine different European cities over over the course of five or six months so I always wanted to travel I always wanted to see the world but it was just trying to fit it around everything else so subconsciously the, the cancer scare was like and, and my lifestyle but doing that my lifestyle wasn't healthy I was probably like 30 pound heavier than I am now you know drinking every weekend it wasn't any surprise that you know the cancer scare happened to me at the time so it gave me a subconscious kick to sort of clean up my life get fit and then I was like well Actually, I should start not messing around and be successful at what what I'm what I'm doing because we all want to earn more money. The more money you got gives you freedom. Anybody who doesn't tell you that's kind of lying, really, you know. Um, and then um, hey, no, 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 no. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. You don't you don't agree with that, Nick? This is big debate stuff on these Twitter uh, spheres. I've came and look. I'm not broke. I make you know good money, and I uh, I've came to the conclusion that the peak goal is some sort of solopreneur you know you can outsource a lot of different things and pull in yeah. you know a couple million dollars dealing with as little clients and people as freaking possible i know people that are making the big big bucks but they're freaking obviously working a shit ton of hours and they deal with people so much you know whether it's employees these clients the and it's it sounds like hell like i don't care how much money you have if you're always dealing with people you don't like how is that any sort of fun right and so i think there, there's levels to this stuff you know obviously but the key is how much can you freaking make with dealing with as little people as possible and then when comes the point to you know cut it off obviously there's the happiness studies with the 80 grand and your happiness doesn't really increase much you know uh relatively you know and so forth but 
I think you need more than 80 grand, especially if you're doing the whole family thing and you want, you know, a really, really free lifestyle. But I don't know, man, like I see some of these dudes, you know, pulling in 100K a month. But how much is that really taken away from your your freedom? Right. So, I mean, what do you think on that whole philosophy? Because it's big, big topic I, on I, this little no, sphere. I, I, I actually completely agree with you and I don't debate that. And, and to be honest, um, I only probably do 15 hours a week. I've got two employees in the UK. I don't really deal with with too many people. I am these days. It's you know it's my business. I'm kind of the sales arm, but the sales arm comes from referral a lot of the time. So somebody reaches out to me by email, and we have we just have a call, we have a conversation, and then you know see if they want to join us or not. And then I look after kind of like the accounts and the back office of the business. You know in terms of payroll, invoices, bills, etc. So, mate, I completely uh, agree with you on that point. My kind of, I try and live my life in a way that I want to do as little as possible and make as much money as possible. Um, and that, but that comes from obviously the previous experience that we, that I was talking about before. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, and it's, I, I just kind of what I'm doing now. I just kind of fell into it. I, I saw an opportunity and, and just went for it. gave up gave up this nice six figure salary. gave up the car. Um, you know, was probably two months away from having to rent my house out in England and go and live with my uh, grandma. Um, but obviously, it never it never worked out that way. Um, and then yeah, just just went from there. I, I even went and lived in Colombia myself for a little bit. Went went and lived in Bogota. Kind of went home. Uh, went to Australia, pandemic hit, spent the first six, seven months stuck in England. And then as soon as those doors open, I, I kind of went to Mexico with the rest of the population, right? <laughs> that was a good then, time. Mexico yeah, was yeah. paradise during that trip. <laughs> Brilliant times. Met some great people. Everybody was in the same boat. Everybody was really friendly. Yeah, and just kind of been... What were you? Been, been at it full-time ever since. Um all over, really. I did a full tour in Mexico, Mexico City, um, Oaxaca, Puerto Escondido, obviously Playa del Carmen, um, a few days in Cancun, Tulum, you know. Yeah, uh, I just stayed in the, the Riviera. I need the, the beach. I love the beach. And then I did some Yucatan stuff, right? You know, the Meridas. Um, but my favorite, uh, Bacalar, and that's up and coming. They say it's, the, you know, the next Tulum or whatnot. And it was, Bacalar is freaking amazing. I don't know how it is right now, but... When I was there, I mean, obviously it was very good, uh, uh, not expensive, but just the vibe. You know, it was super, super cool. You didn't have all the hippies and the Instagram people like in Tulum, which I don't, I mean, I liked Tulum during the pandemic. I had a great time. Like it was, it was cool, but I don't know if I could, you know, obviously stay there in an extended amount of time, but thank God for Mexico. Mexico, I will always have a great place in my heart for what they did during that shit because I would have shot myself. I did one month. I did one month and I was in Italy, this lockdown, you know, because there's yeah. police everywhere. And, you know, there's a lot of old people there and they're scared shitless, right? They put out the propaganda out there with the military trucks carrying dead bodies. I mean, people are like, what the fuck is going on, right? And luckily I knew like a head police person. So I had um, the these papers basically where I could, okay, I could go walk around the city, kind of do that, you know, action and whatnot. But after a month I said, fuck this, you know, and I... I've told this story many different times, you know, sneaking around Italy, you know, with all the enforcement. And there are so many loopholes in the the rules 
that if you wanted to travel, you you really could, right? It was it was stupid. It was ridiculous. And uh, so that was beautiful, of course. And then Italy opened up for the summer, and then they started shut down again, you know, around the fall. And that's when I went to to, to Mexico. But hey, I, I totally forgot. I want to bring this back to this point about the money shit. I tweeted this book a couple of different times. It's how to get rich by um, uh, Felix Dennis. Uh, he was he's a English dude. Created a publishing business. Um, one of those big magazines he he owned. Just a, a eccentric you know, type of English cat. And in his book where he's laying out like how to exactly get rich, the ruthless ways, like not holding back, brilliant advice. He was dying of cancer while he was writing the book, right? And he's like, made all this money, did all these different things. And all I wanted to do really was sit in the Caribbean, you know, write my poetry. And that was his true passion and drink uh, good wine. He said, I could have stopped, you know, when I was 30, and with the 10, 20 million dollars and fucking done it. But instead I kept working and now I got cancer and now everything like that I really wanted to do, I, I'm finally doing, I could have done way before, but I'm gonna die. Book is amazing. Everyone's gotta read that book if you got that just drill mindset that you need. Cause here's the, people associate the money with the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, <laughs> I, I lived the life in Florianapolis. This was in 2021 winter um, that I thought I would need like, $20 million to live. And I would have to do it in Miami type shit. And I lived it on, I shit you not about 1500 to $2,000 a month on the beach, getting sushi every day with beautiful women drinking. I mean, it was fucking crazy. I don't think you can do that anymore. in in Floripa, but it blew my mind. It literally, you know, I got my mind blown before that traveling as well, but I was like, Holy crap, the lifestyle that I, you know, obviously it's not the most fulfilling lifestyle, but you're a little kid. You're like, I want to be on the beach and, you know, and with the woman and all that kind of stuff that you thought you need all these millions of dollars to live. And I didn't. And that was a big perception switch to me. Yeah. I mean, life's much better by the ocean for starters. Um, I, I guess, I, I think uh, US people have a different perception of things actually compared to people from the UK or, or Europe in terms of that, especially when it comes to finances, because I mean, I was only in Miami the, the other week. Right. And it's, it's expensive. The US is expensive, full stop. I mean, I, I lived in I lived in New York for a couple of months last year, and you know, um, you're paying. I was paying like uh, ten thousand dollars for six weeks for short term rental, but wages in the US are, are much much higher. You know, um, so I think people have this perception that they need to be earning much much more to kind of live a life outside of that. Where you know, you go to the UK, and I think the average salary is like 27 grand do you know what i mean it's 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 like when i when i when i was before i climbed that corporate ladder i think my wages were about 32 33k a year you know and i'd have been 30 but i was above that that average you know um slightly different if you're in london but yeah you don't you don't need the money that that you think you do to be able to to live in in different places but then and that's the point though. That's the point. So I'm not saying, okay, you know, make that little money and then, you know, boom, don't ever try to improve. But like Dennis Felix, Felix Dennis, I always flip his name. He, he literally got to live uh, his, his dream life finally. And he's like, holy shit, I didn't need all this before to do it. Right. And I think it's great for people to go do this stuff like early, especially because then it reframes like what you're working for is because a lot of people, they work their ass up, they make all the money and they get to the, the finish line. Like, oh my God. This is yeah. it. This was yeah. the dream. No, of course not. Like it's no. never the journey is always the thing. Yeah. And life's too short as well. I mean, you know, 
prime example 27 you know you never know when you're going to get you never know when you're going to get a health, a health scare or something like that so you know like life is basically too it, it's short you never know when your time might be up you don't really need as much to get started the the biggest problem for people is 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 taking a chance right and i have this conversation with lots of friends back home when they talk to me kind of thinking about going going solo they think all oh, right i might set my own business up and they say what what do you think and, and i always say to them if you quit if you if you told your boss you were quitting tomorrow and said you were going to set up on your own and you turned around to him and said if it doesn't work out in three months would you give me my job back and a lot of them go a lot of them have been working at the same place for 10 years so they go well yeah actually i do i do think he'd give me my job back I say well what's your risk then you got three or four months worth of money in the bank. What's what's the problem? You, there's absolutely no risk. If you don't, all you're going to do is if it doesn't work, you go back to doing the same as what you're doing now, which makes you the same as everybody else. So, you know, what's what are you, what are you waiting for? Um, but people have got commitments. People have got kids. People have got you know mortgages and things like that. And it's just you know some people some people are just not willing to take risks and no risk no reward you know you don't need as much as you think you do but the first part is you've got to you've got to take a, a, a leap of faith as you would and, and not many people are willing to do that the worst people are the people that are not willing to do it but moan about their existence every single day <laughs> you're like shut up you know what i mean you, you just need you know if you if you hate it that much do something about it and that's the problem with most people they don't they just get stuck in a rut with it i was like I was like that for a while. I kind of always knew that I wanted out. I just didn't see the opportunity. I didn't see the opportunity because I was kind of like, well, what would I do? Do you know what I mean? And even, even, even if we go back to like 2016, remote jobs weren't as prevalent then. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's so much more you could be doing now. You know, there's all sorts of ways of making money online the other the, the the problem with that now is that lots of markets are saturated, so it's kind of like how do you stand out from the crowd? But there's that, that's a good thing about this Twitter though. This Twitter for for the negating I do on it. There's a lot of dudes like I just said the Floripa perception breaking. How much money I need? There's a lot of dudes on there that broke my perception about uh, you know making fifty hundred thousand a month. And now who is telling the truth and who's not? But th their their ideas they talk about it too. It's the same thing. It's like you think you don't do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it happens. And when it happens, you're like, holy shit, that was way easier than I thought. Or, you know, it's just a total perception. Cause there's a lot of people making crazy fucking money out there and it, it's not crazy to them. Right. Um, I, I have to add, before we get into the niche thing though, cause you brought up the kid part and you know, the freedom is what you're you know looking after or, or you did and you got it. Uh, I think you have to find the purpose though, too. Because uh, all the freedom in the world and you, you become hedonistic and it's not fulfilling whatsoever. I think that is a, a huge piece to like that uh, Felix Dennis is the poetry like that really like motivated him. That really made him feel good. His self-expression, you know, he made money off it too lately or after he started selling it too. And I think uh, a lot of people in this lifestyle, especially when we're not really tied down or have many roots uh, and so forth. Where, where does your purpose come from? Right. And luckily I do this for a lot of my purposes, both perceptions. You know, I like to create with it, meet new people, networking, inspire, et cetera. But I'm asking you, so you don't, you don't have no kids, right? Like what is, where are you finding your purpose? 
I, I think my my purpose has, has kind of been probably for the past five or six years has, has obviously been to, to see the world, to, to go and see places that I've never been, experience different cultures, live live in some of these places for we say we say live as digital nomads but let's be honest if we're going to a lot of places on tourist visas we get two or three months max so you know we kind of call that living but um we just i guess we're tourists for an extended period but two or three months is enough a, a decent amount of time to be able to hey daddy, really... daddy 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 one second let's wait till i think you're lagging am i lagging on your end i'll cut this out no no you're not lagging on my end you have disappeared a few times. Give it a little second here because I'm getting you lagging. I have no my Wi-Fi shows pretty good, so let's just wait till it clears up on your end. Yeah, my my Wi-Fi is showing okay as well. There we go. There we go. You're good. You're golden. You're on the digital nomad. We don't really live anywhere. You know the 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 visas that type of thing. Uh, oh yeah. So we're, we're purpose, right? So I think in terms of. Um, my purpose was kind of always for the past five or six years is when I've had the freedom to just go and see places and see the world and experience as many places as I possibly could in terms of the culture and, and, and whatnot and see some sites. I mean, there are some beautiful places around the world. I mean, you're in Brazil at the moment. Rio de Janeiro is one of my favorite cities. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. It's the best for me. It's the best beach city in the world. And I used ah. to think, that, no, you don't think so. I, used to think that. I love Rio. Rio's amazing, but I'm telling you, you need to come to the northeast. It is oh. way better. I'm going to be amazing this summer. I'm going to be in Rio for three months: December, uh, December, January, and February. So I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll come up and see you for a weekend. I'll take a trip up. I'm telling you. Um, but I used to think that about Sydney. I used to think Sydney was the best beach city. In the in the world, you know what I mean. And then obviously I went to Rio, and it's uh, you know Rio's got the scenery as well. You know, the, watching the, the sunset from Sugarloaf Mountain is just you know it, it's fantastic. Um, so all of these things that I kind of wanted to experience, I think now I'm getting a bit older. I turned forty this year. Um, my purpose is. Has, has changed slightly so you know we talk about lifestyle we talk about work we talk about digital no uh, digital nomads and business and you know i've got my dream lifestyle i wouldn't say that i've got my dream job do you know what i mean it but the job and the business gave me my lifestyle um but given the niche that we're in that i'm in um look you know you, you, business Things change in business. The business landscape changes, right? The top 20 companies in the world weren't the top 20 companies 30 years ago. Technology is changing with AI. There is absolutely no guarantees in business whatsoever, right? And I've been doing, I've been doing what I've been doing in another couple of years for the best part of 10 years. And I'd be absolutely foolish to believe that I could still do it for another 10 years and perhaps something not come along and basically pull the rug or, 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 or blow, you know, blow my business out of the water, fresh competition. Because, you know, business is a bit like being in the ocean. Everything's trying to can eat each other and, and there's always a near miss every single day. There's always, there's always something, you know, or a rumour or one of my biggest things that I've learned is you can't control people. And people will make decisions that sometimes don't benefit you. You might think you're stupid, but they're going to do it anyway. 
So my plan over the next, or purpose over the next two to three years is basically to be able to squirrel as much money away as possible. And then once I've hit my target in, that generates me passive income, then I will, then I will sell the business and, and exit. And then I will concentrate on some things in uh, the background that bring me an income that I kind of prefer, you know, that, that I'm actually, I find enjoyable. Um, obviously, that, you know, that's in, the point. That's the point. Like if you can, if you can love something and make money from it or like enjoy doing it or feel you have purpose, you know, from it, you want like that is because like I, like I said too, like sitting on the beach and drinking with beautiful women every day is not fulfilling whatsoever. It's great. Do whatever, you know, once in a while, but you know, actually being creative, I think, especially dudes, we need to build, we need to, you know, make something and, and, and be something. And if you can do something that makes you obviously fulfilled, but get paid from it, you want. And I think a lot of people, obviously, you know, they don't do that early. Right. So then they get into the ruts and they're doing something just to pay the bills, like you said. And, but if you can just focus on that, like right away when you're young, try to, and if you need to get the part or the, the job and then keep doing this on the side till it makes the money, that's the key. This is cliche stuff, but I'm telling you like that to me, from what I've learned and from the people I've talked to that have made the money or have done successful things in life, that's the only thing that really matters is finding that. Yeah. Well, obviously the family and so forth, but business wise. I mean, there's, there's, there's no right or wrong time to start anything. Yeah. You can start whenever you want. I do believe, though, that there's, there is the old, the old adage of like, sometimes you do need to get out at the right time. And I, I, even on Twitter the other day, I came across like um, a, a, somebody had put a thread on there that, or a tweet on there that I kind of resonated with me and I kind of responded. And it was, you know, when you, when you start a business or you set up a business, right, you've got absolutely nothing to lose. It just takes a certain set of skills. It takes drive, determination, and it just takes getting in front of the right people and then getting it over the line and selling it. It takes a different set of skill set once you've got something and it, people are coming, people, those same people that you were two, 10 months, two years ago, they're now coming for your slice of the pie. And it takes a completely different different set of skills to be able to keep a business. Sometimes it takes paranoia. Sometimes it takes second guessing. Sometimes it takes, yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes like, you know, do I need to do this? Do I need to not? Sometimes it takes going that extra mile to maybe keep a, a, a customer happy. And it take, it does. It takes a different set of skills. And I think, and, it, and there's another skill is knowing when to get out at the right time if you can exit. Some people might have a business that they never need to exit. I mean, can't see Jeff Bezos ever selling Amazon, can you? Do you know what I mean? What's going, what's going to come along and blow Amazon out the water? It, it, it never it never will happen. Um, but for a lot of, I mean, you look at like copywriters at the moment, yeah, and you've got ChatGPT. Most of them at this moment in time are using that probably to their advantage, I would say. I mean, I would. But is there going to be a point where that kind of replaces them? I don't. I don't. I don't know. They might. They might know. I. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing ideas out there. But you know, it's you've, you. You can't. You're kind of looking over your shoulder. And for me, I don't want to do that because that doesn't really suit my mindset and it doesn't really suit me as an individual. I like. I'm not going backwards. 
and going forwards. Do you know what I mean? There's no point looking back and not going that way. So for me, the purpose now for the next two to three years is is kind of planning to to exit. And I'll be 42, 43 and, and hopefully done. But of course, even then, like you said, still need something to keep the mind busy. Can't completely switch off because I think sat on the beach drinking cervezas all, all day will get boring pretty quickly. In fact, I know, I know it will. You know what I mean? All right, amigo. Hey, obviously great advice, but let's get out of, you know, the, the cliche type uh, atmosphere. Let's talk about, you know, our, our personal experiences relate about it. Uh, how we first started getting in contact was you bashing Albania. <laughs> and I think that is uh, crazy because I had such a beautiful, amazing time there. Not this last summer, the summer before. Obviously, I figured it probably had to do with the insane amount of tourism because that tourism because that coast is gotten bombarded because the rest of the Mediterranean has gotten stupidly overpriced from what I've seen. I saw, I saw my, my amiga told me sh- there was like $200 shitty rooms on um, Airbnb um, in Lisboa. I paid like uh, $20 like four years ago, right? So anyways, Albania, it got super uh, populated. Is that the issue or why did you not like my, my Albania? Yeah. I, f- I think uh, the Instagram influencers have, have kind of, smash the, the shit out of that Albanian coast in terms of saying it's like a decent place to go. Um, I guess, um, I mean, one of the reasons that I went is because the, because of Brexit, because the UK leaving the EU, I'm same as, same as people in the US now, like with the 90 days and 180 day period. And I kind of wanted to stay in and around Europe for the summer. So Albania was kind of, that was the reason for going because it's not in the Schengen zone. Um, but it, it wasn't what I was expecting. That area of Sarande is very obviously kind of modern and touristy. You have to go outside of it if you want any any culture. It didn't really feel local to me. Um, but the, the, the beaches are rocky. You could see the sewage in the ocean. So I didn't really want to swim in it um, in, in certain places. Traffic was insane. It was overcrowded. Um, and it just... And it was not cheap at all. I think when you say to most people about Albania, they'd go like, oh, yeah, you're not going to pay much there. It was more, it was more expensive than, than most of Europe. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? And it was just insanely, just insanely busy. And I just kind of thought, this place is is not for me. What it was, I took a day trip to Jirikastar, Giro, is it? That was amazing. Beautiful beautiful place driving through the mountains through the hills you know that part that was a really really enjoyable experience but sarandi itself don't not a place i'd ever go back to i went uh so that just outside of high season i think like september to like mid-october it was dead nobody there it was amazing and uh, i know that city is like normally fifty thousand people and in the summertime it gets to like three hundred thousand, right and the prices were fantastic. Um, Kismil, you know, even Kismil had a lot of space open. Like it was more busy than Sarande. And Kismil was freaking beautiful. I think it would be terrible if it was totally packed and whatnot. I like that blue-eyed thing. I was, I love swimming in yeah. that blue-eyed, you know, on yeah. the way to Geo Kester or whatnot. But yeah, the only issue I had with Albania, I thought it was so freaking safe. Um, I, I thought the food was Italian, but you know, a fourth of the freaking price. And I, I assume you didn't, you didn't feel that, but. Um, you know, you just can't date in Albania, right? So I had my my amiga come in for a couple of weeks and you know, we hung out, it was great. But for most of the time, like like you can't date in Albania, like they don't play around there. And that was the only issue 
I, I really had. Like, I think it would be the perfect destination for, you know, a little digital nomad couple or you and your, your girl. But if it's overcrowded, okay, yeah, I would go somewhere else, no doubt. To get there, you, you a lot of the time, you can just – you fly to Corfu, don't you? Sure. You just get a photo of it. I spent a couple of days in Corfu. I'd have rather have spent my time there if I could. If I'd have had the Shenzhen days, I'd have stayed in Corfu. Um, I, I just think it was – I just think it was much, much better. Is it also a nightmare trying to do anything in Sarandi? Like, if you wanted, like, trying to get a taxi or a hire car, it's like a two-hour job. You, you know, it's just, it, it, the infrastructure there is just, it was completely just not set up for the amount of people that, that were there. And obviously, that's not their fault. We've got some catching up to do. But I've been to a, I've been to a million and one better places i've done it you know been there experienced it but I, I can't see myself ever ever going back there again big thing for me as well is i don't know about you i'm actually i'm a non-smoker yeah uh, lots of smoke in albania <laughs> yeah and and you know in in western europe in, and especially the uk where i'm from obviously you, you don't you don't smoke in in bars or restaurants you don't really do it in the u.s i find even in latin america that not many people smoke, do they? I, I, do you know what I mean? It's not a big thing. You go to Eastern Europe and it's just like people, are, it's one cigarette after another. The and it's Balkans, just, especially. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I mean, I, I spent a month in Istanbul, right? A few years back, uh, there was about a group of probably about 13, 14 of us digital nomads that kind of all went to, to Turkey. I knew some of them, didn't know others, but got to know everybody. Same in Turkey, just like constant smoke. And you're only traveling with so many clothes, right? And you just you're just constantly washing them because they just stink of, of like other people's passive smoke. And that's just that's actually a really massive turn off for me. I just can't I can't deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Plus points, Jirka Star definitely the 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 scenery in and behind uh, Sarande in the mountains, uh, gorgeous. People really friendly. You know, can't can't argue with with, with that. Safe, um, safe. Yeah, never did. Never felt unsafe, you know. So it's it's got some plus points. Yeah, I uh, I did a vlog. Tirana is not a bad city. I don't know. I was like in a different headspace, and I did a vlog there because that's where um, War Dogs. They had a scene in Albania. Obviously, um, <laughs> Taken yeah. Taken has the Albanian thugs that do the kidnapping, and so there's like a lot of you know perceptions about Albania and whatnot, and. I think a lot of them are blown out the water. I think they do. They send a lot of their or a lot of the the bad Albanians are in different countries, right? Like they keep Albania safe, but they do some crazy shit outside of it. Their mafia is really strong. But like I, I was just I did a tier run of vlog and I was ripping it. Like I was just being reckless, and um, it's not that bad of a city. I don't know why I was such an asshole. And people went after me on Albanians, like <laughs> to the point like they have a lot of pride to the point they're like. You know, you better watch out. You'll wake up with like no liver or something, or take out a kidney. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, hey, I was, you know, in a certain mindset. I still think a lot of what I said was, you know, pognant. Like it wasn't like complete, completely made up or anything, right? And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I had a great time in Albania. I stayed with this beautiful uh, family. They had, you know, obviously in the hill they have like four different levels, right? And on the top was like a cafe. Then the the son and his wife. And then the grandma and grandpa, and then they have uh, like a, a room downstairs, those two bedrooms, yeah. like a whole, you know, flat thing that I get to stay in. And they were beautiful. They were really nice to me. Amazing views. It, it, the views are amazing, no? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, I had a great time with the views. So you're, you're out there just pissing off whole nations. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I don't try to. I just, I, I be authentic. And sometimes, you know, you're in one of those mind states and you're just ripping it. And because it is very, like, I don't know, it's pretty decrepit, you know, in some places in Tirana, Tirana. Yeah. Like, it's okay, this is third world. Yeah. Communism did a number on them. I mean, one last thing on that. It's a good spot for people from the US. You can go to Albania and stay there for one 12 year. months. It's great. One it's year. great. I, I heard that and I was like, that's crazy. Hold on. No, I was going to, we have to get the, the niche thing in there. So how did you find this online niche that you're working for 10 to 15 hours uh, a week on? So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, my background's like recruitment. I've always kind of worked in recruitment one way or another, not necessarily always just putting people in jobs, but working for big organizations and when I was the managing director of a business, I was the managing director of a, of a job search website in the UK. And we worked with um, Indeed, you know, Indeed.com, obviously the biggest job site in the world. Um, and it was kind of through working with Indeed, we kind of realized how they worked in terms of um, driving traffic to different sites or basically just kind of like, media buying and how you can you can make money from from media buying so it was born out of that really and that that's kind of what i do now we i own a business and we are outsourced indeed campaign management and um we manage campaigns on indeed because not many people know this but indeed is actually a cost per click or what you might say a ppc platform so it, it, it's almost like google adwords for jobs so you know, you know, there's tons of people out there that own PPC agencies making money from Google AdWords. And, you know, I, I do the same, but just on jobs. That's it. So basically, you took your expertise from what you did beforehand in the, the nine to five grind and you found a way to to give some value uh, online. Right. I mean, that's that's basically what a lot yeah. of these nomads do. Yeah, I just just fell into it, just basically fell into it. Fell into it. The universe. You're more hippie than you, you think, <laughs> British man. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably. Uh, but yeah, no, that presented itself and I just grabbed it with both hands and that was it, you know. And any struggles with, you know, the overseas, running the businesses, the hours, paying people? Um, how have you dealt with any of those issues? It's just, did you learn it along the way? No. Did you have resources beforehand? So, I'm, I, like I said before, I've got a few employees in the UK that, that kind of now take care of most of the, the day-to-day. Um, we're not just a UK-based business. We look after spend all over. So, so I mean, we're managing like £3.6 million worth of budget a year, you know, around around £300,000. Um, we're, we're actually one of the UK's largest agencies that sort of do, the, do this thing, um, you know. So, we've become... Fortunately, become quite quite successful with it. But we look after spend in Germany. We look after spend in Spain, Netherlands. You know, all over Europe. Probably about eight or nine different countries over Europe and the UK. Haven't gone to the US yet, although I think there's some opportunities for us to to do it there. But I guess to answer your question, it's about work life balance, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And do I really want? You know, how much money do you need? You know touching on what we said before, how much money do you really need? Are you happy with your work-life balance? 
do I want to go back to expanding in the US and then maybe having to hire different people on different time zones? Um, you know, I'll be honest, I just recently set up a, a probably about 18 months ago, I set a business up in Germany um, at, the, at the request of kind of Indeed, and that hasn't really come off. And German bureaucracy is insane, right? And that's that's an that's a an eight thousand euro risk that I've took that that now I need to basically wipe off. It's going to cost me like three or four thousand euros to close the business because there's that much paperwork involved. It's just an absolute disaster. So yeah, you know, again, took a risk, didn't 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 pay off. But um, yeah, that's I mean that's that's basically it really. You know, it's 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 we're at a nice level. Um, Going back to what we were saying before about different skills, the, the the mindset now is like, just don't go backwards. Yeah. There's an argument to say, if you're not pushing forwards, you're standing still. And if you're standing still, you could go backwards. But, you know, we're very, very good at what we do. A lot of our clients been working with us for a long, long time. And it's just a question of sustaining that really and, and keeping it going. Um, but, you know, picked up a new client yesterday. So it's they're they're still they're still slowly but surely trickling through. So it's it's all good at the moment. I, don't, I don't, not too much stress. Speaking of going forward, obviously you're in Panama uh, right now. You told me that is for what reason? Tax I actually have, I actually have residency here. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah. I mean, we can we can obviously touch on taxes. Taxes are a big thing for 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 digital nomads. Um, I don't pay any tax whatsoever. Um, you know, uh, businesses based in the UK. I know as a, as a US citizen, that's not nice for you to hear because Uncle Sam's always going to come for his uh, slice of the pie. Um, but if you are, if you're from certain countries, particularly UK and Europe, it's, it's very, very easy to just sort of not pay taxes. Well, I say it's easy. You've got to leave. Do you know what I mean? These countries will turn, I mean, the UK, the best thing the UK lets you do is leave. And they're like, yeah, okay. You know, you don't owe us any money, go. Um, but you can't come back for a certain amount of time. I think that's the, the big stipulation and something that you need to consider. So with the UK, there's kind of like a ties test. As long as you don't go back within a five-year period, you can't be classed as a temporary resident because if you go back before five years, then they can back tax you on everything that you've not paid tax on, which is obviously could be for a lot of people a substantial amount. But you know, if you structure your business the right way, if you're willing to travel around as a digital nomad and kind of be a perpetual traveler or, you know, go and get residency in a tax haven, there's plenty of decent options out there. Malta, Cyprus is a good one. Um, Portugal did have some good options there, just scrapping them all. So, yeah. They're, they're so, they, I, I know a lot of people in Lisboa and Porto and locals. And they, that government, man, they wanted all that money, you know, from the, the investors, the people to get the second citizenship, the digital nomads, and they took it and they sold to the people. Oh, but we're going to, you know, give it to you guys. They didn't do shit. They, they embezzled all of it. And now they've done this campaign where they blame it all on the nomads and the investors for why Portugal is so bad now and the cost of living is crazy and the, the jobs are terrible. So all the locals totally are bought in. Right. They don't blame their government. No, they're they're angels, and it's it's the evil digital nomad. And it's God. They they did that. I have a big problem with the the government. But speaking of your thing, I'm so jealous of the euros. Like a lot of them. I remember being in uh, when I first heard this stuff. It was like Rome. I was sitting uh, one of those uh, Egyptian. One of my favorite cities, Rome is. 
yeah, I was at a cafe with uh, by the one of the Egyptian, you know, big hibiscus things or whatnot. And there was this old dude, like in the, he looked like he was an Italian, and he had, uh, you know, the suit on. He was smoking cigar, probably like seven years old. And I'm, I'm like, I gotta shoot the shit with this guy. And uh, to my surprise, he spoke English. And then he broke this all down. Why he, he spent a certain amount of time in London, Italy, you know, different spots, and pays zero to the government. I'm like, fuck. Is yeah. that easy for you guys? God damn. It is. I mean, I, I've still got a home in England because I've owned it for like 11, 11 12 years. Um, it's still there. Um, I think from April, I get four months. So I'm allowed to go spend four months at home. Um, I actually like to go and spend my summers at home in England. It gives me an opportunity to, to see family. Um, and then obviously I've got Europe on, on my doorstep. Um, Paraguay is a big one at the moment. Paraguay seems to be all, is the is the new sort of tax haven. Um, you know, you can get, um, I mean, if, you, if you're not from the US, actually, the largest tax haven on earth is the USA. So if you are not an, a non-American citizen, you can set up a US LLC, okay? If you're doing business in the US, you can set up a US LLC, Pretty easy. You can do it online or, or find somebody to do it for you for four or five hundred dollars. Um, you can use that business to basically invoice out of everybody pays you in, into that. And then you basically use that as a pass through entity and then send the money to somewhere else, whether that's Paraguay, Uruguay. You could do it for Panama. The problem with Panama is it's blacklisted for a lot of other companies because of its uh, countries because of its reputation. I actually don't need Panamanian residency to be tax free. I just need to not be in the UK. However, governments like the, the UK equivalent of the IRS is the HMRC, right? They don't know what a digital nomad or a, a perpetual traveler kind of is yet. So, you know, they'll, th their first question is, well, where are you a resident of? And it, to get residency here in Panama at the time was like three or $4,000. So, you know, compared to tax, minimal. So I just did that. So if they ever ask, I can just go Panama. And I have to spend like two days here every two years i think with paraguay is probably the same so that's a big one so if you're european you know the us llc paraguay route is 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 great or just just leave, you just got to leave you just got to leave your country obviously that's not feasible for a lot of people um so you know you've got then it then you're looking about a tax structure but my advice is Everybody needs an accountant. If you've got a business, everybody needs an accountant. If you haven't got an accountant that's actively trying to get you to structure your business in a way that pays less tax, get a fucking new one. Do you know what I mean? Because even if you live somewhere, you know, there are ways and means of reducing your tax bill. You know, as a US citizen, you've got pensions, you've got 401ks. We've got the same in the UK, stocks and shares, ISAs. Um, pensions these things all reduce your tax liability so if, if you're not doing those things you you, you should be because you're just paying money into the system that you don't need to um but yeah no i mean it, it's it's a big it's a big top, topic for digital nomads i've introduced two or three people that i've met from the uk that are digital nomads and introduced them to my accountant and said why why are you paying you know a lot of people like barley, don't they? I personally wasn't a, a massive fan of, of barley myself, but barley have now got a digital nomad visa, five years tax-free, is it? You know, you like the island life and you don't want to pay anything, go there. There's a whole community of digital nomads, etc. You'll You'll integrate pretty easily, you know. 
How did you learn all this stuff? How did you find this uh, this accountant? Obviously, for everyone listening to it, you know we're not the accountant attorney type of people, so you got to do your own uh, research. But of course, what, of course. Uh, how, how did how did you get into it? Um, and did you always had this accounting guy or what? No, I mean, well, obviously, a lot of it is just doing your own reading. I remember, I mean, when I was in the when I was living at home in the UK, you know, even when I first started my business, like twenty eighteen. Even I had a couple of accountants then and I was saying to them, like, how do I reduce my my tax bill? You know, what can I do? I've got no family. I've got no ties. Right. Can I move my business to the Isle of Man, for example? Isle of Man is a small island off the coast of the UK, which is I wouldn't say it's a tax haven, but you pay far less tax there than you would in the UK. So and then in the end, I was kind of bringing it was me that was bringing all these ideas to my accountant. And I was a bit like, why, why, why am I bringing you? Why am I saying, check this out, check that out? Why, why are you not, why do you not know this stuff? Yeah. Um, so, and, and a lot of it came out about the pandemic, even though I'd been traveling, I guess I'd not officially left the UK. And obviously when I, I, I got a new, I got a new accountant and he saw, I said to him, I'm going to Mexico because I'm not spending time here in COVID. And then whilst I was in Mexico, he was like, are you having a good time? I said, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a blast. And he was like, are you coming back? And I said, no, I don't think so. And he went, great, because now you're not going to pay any tax. And, that, and, that, and, that, and I said, okay, what do we need to do? And he said, just, we'll, we'll fill in a P11D for you. It's just a form and we'll tell him you've gone. And 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 that's and that was it. That's how easy it was. I just had to fill in a P11D and just leave. You know, I know some countries have an exit tax, like um, Canada. You want to leave Canada? They're like, oh, hang on a minute, you got to give us some money to leave. You know, um, how far? You talking about renouncing? No, or no, just... not, to, not talking about renouncing your citizenship. Obviously, you know, I've, I'm still a British citizen. I still have it. I'm still a British passport holder. No, no, the exit, the exit tax. Oh, I like. Think... I think for Canada, if you tell them that you're no longer going to live there, they're like, well, you have to pay as a tax to leave, <laughs> you know, which some countries are like that. It, it, it's, it's mental, you know, a lot, of, a lot of governments have have you by the balls. And the strange thing is when you go around the world and you go to places like Singapore and Dubai, uh, Dubai is another one, although they, they just introduced a 9% tax rate. Yeah. You know, you come to places like Panama. I haven't been to Paraguay yet. Don't know whether I ever will, but people go to Paraguay. These countries operate fine without without you having to pay any tax. They operate fine, and there are countries out there, UK, you know, like they want they want forty five percent, fifty percent. My last tax bill before I left was six figures. You know, it it, it it's it, it's it's absolutely insane. I'm, I'm paying more. I paid more in tax than what. Somebody, you know, we touched on the average salary before, 27K. I paid more in tax in one year than somebody would probably pay earning that money in 10. I think entrepreneurship and business should be encouraged. I'm not saying that nobody should pay any tax, really, if, 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 if they have to. But, you know, even if we look at Portugal with the NHR, pro, the NHR program that they're just scrapping now, even four or five years ago, it would have been for me to sit, say, well, actually, I'm paying 45% in the UK. I can go to Portugal and pay 20%. I, I'd have, if, if 
maybe the pandemic had not happened and I'd, I'd not disappeared to Mexico or something. Maybe I would have done that. Maybe I'd have just moved to Portugal and and, and just paid 20% there because that's far better than, than, than what, what you're paying. Because governments don't care about you. They don't care about you as an individual. Do you know what I mean? And... You know, trust, it, yeah. it, trust me, yeah. I don't even want to get started on this government thing because I, I can't stand government. The only time I've ever seen it work and the only time I would be happy to pay tax is um, if I was living in Denmark again, because in Denmark, you get shit for your tax money and uh, they do an amazing job with if you don't even work, you get paid the health care, the schooling, you know, it's clean, it's safe. And uh, that's the, Scandinavia is the only place I've ever seen it work. Now, obviously, it's also fucking kind of cold. <laughs> it's also yeah, cold. Exactly, yeah. Expensive places in Europe. <laughs> but like I see like in Brazil, man, it's just it's sick. Like with the what this government does to, to their people. I mean, actually, there's a lot of weird tax things here that you can get away with. I know uh, a person here that's been like five years and uh, him and he has got a lot of buddies. I don't know if this is legal or not. They said uh, if the money doesn't touch a Brazilian bank account, Hakuna Matata. So all their money is in you know the USA bank account or somewhere else, and um, and that's they stay here year round, right? So they're they have citizenships. They did the real estate thing, you know, so forth. There's so many games, but like obviously yeah. as an American citizen, you know, you don't want to fuck with the IRS, right? Because of no, course I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't care. They don't care about the top dogs because like we saw, obviously, even with the Trump stuff, the rich people, the really rich people in the USA, it's just like everyone else. It's a tax haven. They have so many different freaking loopholes and trust and, and banana stuff. It's it's you that is going to pay for the rich and, and to the poor, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a dirty game. The top one percent, they're all on campaign donations, aren't they? They're all on government and campaign donations. So they get special privileges. You know, it, it's it, and but it's not no, it's not in the top one percent. The top one percent is like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year in the USA. It's like the people that are like twenty plus million, you know, type. Uh, they don't do shit with taxes. You know, yeah. they don't. Well, I mean, it's it's the, everyone. The one percent, the four hundred. Here it is. It's like the the average guy making fifty thousand a year to like you know the the guy that made the small business. He makes two to three million. Or the the manager, you know, making a million year. They pay for everyone in the USA, literally everyone. Yeah, and you know, and then people scream tax the rich, and it's like, well, you can't, you can't tax. Yeah, them. you'll never tax them. Yeah, you'll never tax leave, them. or they have all the little systems in place. Exactly, they've got the structures in place, which means it's outside your jurisdiction. Or, or like you just said, I've got, I've got enough money, I can leave. So, like, fuck, fuck you, basically. You know what I mean? If you wanna, if you wanna take all of that money off me. I will just go elsewhere because I've got the means and, and, and everything to live where I want. It's the, it's, it is kind of like the middle and, and lower classes that are obviously paying those taxes into the system straight from their wages as soon as they get it, that are propping those systems up. But it's all, it's, I mean, it, I mean, I don't want to get in like political debates and things like that because it just comes down to opinion then and, you know, everybody's got one. So, and everybody thinks theirs is right. But you know, these top politics, I just said then, you know, they're not paying taxes because they're making campaign donations or so they're getting special privileges. The politicians that come come into power, do you not think like the giant oil companies and all of those big corporations up in the world are not greasing their palms at some point? You know, there's, there's certain environmental campaigns, but, you know, 
BP or Shell all of a sudden, oh yeah, you know, well don't do that. And then once, you, once you're 10 years over, you can come and be a spokesperson for us or we'll give you a job on a million a year because it's nothing, is it? it? It's peanuts. So it goes on. At Panama, there's just been riots here. There's just been riots here because because there um, there's a copper mine here, a huge copper mine owned by a Canadian company that has, has had revenues of of over 64 billion or something and only given 67 million of that back to Panama and or that contract's been re-signed at 257 million but the president of Panama is no longer here and turned around yesterday and said it's a good it's a good deal I mean where do you reckon he is probably got Canadian citizenship out of it hasn't he do you know what I mean it's it's it, it's at the end of the day right every it, everybody look, needs to, you need to do what's right for you and what's best for you, right? Nobody really, really gives a shit about you. Over Go the- to the third world and you will understand this because the first world is just as corrupt, but it's hidden, right? And now it's starting to be exposed to a lot of people in, in Western Europe and, and the USA. We're seeing how, you know, fucked up the system is, but go to the third world and see what government really is. When it's in your face, it's completely criminal, completely corrupt. I, I mean, I'm a big... The government is just mafia with flags type of person. But again, the only way, the only place I've ever seen it possibly work that was good and I'd be happy to pay tax to is in Scandinavia. But I think that was built over a thousand years. The populations are small. They're very homogeneous. They have the similar morals, the similar ethics. Like it's very hard for a Dane to like uh, not uh, think about the community as a whole and just individualism. Right. But everywhere else, I've never, I've never seen it work. It's just a shit show. I mean, when I was the managing director of of the business before I started my own thing, right, I used to get my payslip every single month, right, and I'd look at it and go, I've I've worked two months, uh, sorry, I've worked two weeks of this month for nothing. I've basically, two two weeks of my wage has, has gone into the system. Do you know what I mean? And I don't care how much money you earn, right, to actually see that be taken off you visually, it, 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 it's, it's not motivating at all. Do you know what I mean? It's I don't care how much money you earn to see half of it get taken off you when you've worked hard for it is I think it's absurd. Just look after yourself, especially especially if you're not using any of their freaking services, their roads, their healthcare, none of that stuff. They're not at the the cafe I go to and work in, and they get I'm about like. 10, 12% right now because of the foreign earned uh, income exclusion, yeah. that kind of idea. I'm going to get it down way lower Thanks. soon, yeah. but th- they're not there with me and I'm not using any of your shit and they're taking my money. Right. And then I see the clown show that happens with the, the U S politics. And, but I don't know. Well, here's why I am happy about the U S government, which I'll pay a little bit because they're the military, which a lot of the tax money goes to, which, you know, funds industry keeps my dollar strong. Okay. Like, sorry, like I need that dollar strong in the rest of the world and it's backed by the, the U S military. So that I can be saving grace for a little bit, but they're clowns. It's a total clown show. Yeah. I mean, my advice to anybody is just, just look after yourself. If you've got an opportunity to pay no tax and you're comfortable with living that lifestyle, go for it. If there's opportunities to lower your tax bill, do it because you know, it's, it's, dog eat dog out there at the end of the day and the governments don't really care about you and you've just you've got to look you've got to look after yourself and you've got to prepare for your own you've got to prepare for your own future and yeah paying 45 50 percent in some places is just absurd they don't really need to take that much off you yeah if most of these governments looked at themselves and actually 
audited their own practices and actually looked at stuff from a local level and and did cost cutting exercises yeah then you know and looked at their own budgets internally they could probably reduce taxes massively but you've got especially in the uk you've got a local government that gets a budget and they're like right we've got to spend that budget so that we get more next year and everybody's doing that we need more next year we need more next year okay so you're now going to pay pay more pay more and it's just it's just absurd it's an ever rising it's never rising thing the biggest scam out there is inheritance tax we have inheritance tax in the uk right is it so is it how much is it it's a shit ton right i can't remember exactly what it is it's over a certain amount and you pay and you pay you pay inheritance tax on it so your your parents or grandparents have already paid tax on this yeah and then they're going to leave it for you for the government to take more tax off it and it's, it, I, I i find that absolutely fucking mental it's that, that's just pure greed that's just greediness do you know what i mean um, but yeah you know i could we could talk about taxes all yeah let's day. get happy 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 let's get happy okay. <laughs> and we can say so again all, <laughs> all, all the all the favorite all the places you've traveled tell me what has been your favorite culture overall right and why get into the nitty-gritty like do you like uh the warmth of the brazilian do you like the straightforwardness of uh, the polish people like get, get into that uh why i i mean I mentioned it before uh love rio love rio de janeiro uh, best beach city on the world surrounded by scenery uh everybody's in a good mood in brazil you don't i i think about brazil you don't see people in like people are never in a bad mood everybody everybody's always happy and you look at all walks of life there you know even the guy on the street he's got a smile on his face i i find in brazil it's you know and i mean because back home in the uk everyone just moans about the weather all the time you know but nobody's happy you know everybody's got vitamin d deficiency um i like the south of spain i think the south of spain in terms of culture lifestyle and and pace is 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 great um, Mexico will always have, uh, 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 like, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Mexico because it was, it was a place that kind of, I spent a lot of time in and it was, it, it was almost like a, oh, you have no choice really. Um, yeah, I think, so those, those two places, I like the, I, I like the Australian culture, you know, Australia is like the only place in the world that you can walk around with nothing on your feet and nobody judges you, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean, with, with, a, with a beer in your hand. Uh, I, I think anywhere where you've got an outdoor, an outdoor lifestyle, you know, anywhere that's got an outdoor lifestyle, you've got the beach, as I said before, life's better by the ocean and you've got I would say the only thing about Brazil that lets it down is probably the everyday food, you know. Um, if you could take Mexican or Spanish cuisine and throw it in, in Rio, I think you'd... you'd, you'd Maybe yeah, it'd be hey, well, let me ask you, let me ask you um, about Brazil. So I've been trying to articulate these uh, thoughts relating to the culture. Obviously, on the outside, it's the warmest people in the world. Like you said, the freaking homeless guy is Beleza and Akuna Matata and smiling and um, you know, it doesn't seem like anyone's ever in a bad mood, but if you get to know people, I don't know. I think uh, there is some more sinister, darker things that, that can happen with uh, obviously gringos get fleeced all the time. They get, you know, taken advantage of and so forth. But yeah. I think uh, the Brazilian I, I related because I was in Poland before this. I was living in Poland and obviously the poles are like freaking icebergs on the outside. 
But once you, you know, crack the shell and the inside, it's like uh, the most loving, soft people in the world, right? They name their grocery stores like little cute uh, bug names like Bidranka, the ladybug. And like, it's just weird. It's like you have these commie buildings, the shitty weather, these people that look really mean. And then behind closed doors, they're like, they're, they're super amazing, nice, kind, right? I see in Brazil, like you have the outside, the facade is like, holy shit, this is paradise, Kuna Matata. And, you know, one day it's you're my best friend. The next day I never talk to you again. I don't care about you type of, type <laughs> of attitude. I don't know. Like Brazil, it's, there's a lot of flakiness. And especially more south you go, I think, um, which I like the European vibe of Florianapolis. Um, Belo Horizonte, uh, Minas, there, there's good people. But it was kind of a little flaky. I still have great friends there, you know, Akuna Matata. But it's pretty genuine in the north, I felt, actually. Like the most real, genuine like, okay, maybe this facade is not just a facade. Like, they really em embody this shit. There must be something in the, the, the atmosphere or the water. It's crazy. This is the poorest region. This is the, the most murders up here per capita thing. Like, of the, the top 10 cities, they have, like, nine. And um, I don't know. Have you noticed that in Brazil? Have you spent, like, a lot of time developing relationships? Or it's always I mean, been uh, yeah, sunshines so and roses? So in, in Rio, um, I do have a nucleus of like local friends. You know, I have a, I have a nucleus of, of, of people that, you know, are, are from are from the area, like local, you know, karaoke, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which was, which is, which is, which is good because you don't often, you're not in a place long enough to, to kind of establish those uh, relationships. And I think that's one of the downsides of being a digital nomad or a perpetual traveler is, Get having those connections on on the ground, those local connections, because you meet a lot of people that, you know, you have a great time with them for a couple of weeks, and then they disappear, and you might never ever see them again. Your paths might never ever cross. So, yeah, um, and I mean, but I always felt well. I mean, I went to a favela party on Christmas Day, and they're letting off fireworks and shooting machine guns, and do you know what? And it was just, it, it was great, and everybody there made me feel completely welcome. Um, you know. Um, so I, I never, no, I never really felt that in Brazil. I think I, I would say the one place where, and I've lived there, you know, I, I've lived in Bogota and my cousin lives in Medellin, but I think Colombia at, at this moment in time with the, the scopamine epidemic that's going on uh, is, is, is the one place where you really feel like you've kind of got a target on your back and you've got to, you, you've got to have your, your wits about you. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, like, like I love Brazil. I love the people. I think I relate more with that Slavic type of mindset because, like you said, we're traveling a lot. Rock, traveling a lot. So you meet a lot of different people, have amazing experiences, and they're gone, right? That's not something normal people can handle. Like when you have a beautiful experience with someone, usually you're going to have that person in your life for a long time or you become friends, right? And so we're yeah. kind of like jaded on it, right? And I think I like that about the Slavic people is – like, you're not going to be my best friend unless you've proven it. And then when it, when you are my best friend, like, this shit is going to the grave type attitude, right? And I wish they would smile more, the Slavic people, you know, on the street. Like, every once in a while, you're crazy <laughs> if you do. But uh, in Brazil, it's like, fuck, I can't be everyone's best friend. And this is like, like, the, the amiga, you know, my, the girl I'm seeing, when she we first started talking, it was every freaking day, Bom dia, how are you? Are you doing amazing? I'm like, whoa. It's like, you're, it's it, you got to slow down here, right? And it's just like that's because, this is our that's culture. Because that's because you're also used to having your own space. That's one that, that is the nomad, the freedom thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, one of the good things about being a being a digital nomad. A perfect reason why I'm in Panama City at this moment in time because 
I have, I've just been partying far too much. I have been partying far too much and drinking far too much and eating far too much over the past four or five weeks and I need a break. So I know I've come to Panama City. It's not excessive in terms of partying and whatnot. I can just hunker down, do some work, get the gym, go out running, get fit. You know, but so you've got that. But we're also kind of used to being on our own quite a bit. So like, I think too much... Too much too soon is sometimes like, well, you know, relax, relax a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So I, I completely get where you're coming from in, in terms of that. And I always related to like the, the point you brought up about, you know, meeting these people and then you don't develop the local, local connections because you're leaving and it's nice when you do. Um, I've gotten over it because obviously I got pretty sad at multiple points of, you know, living this life that I don't think is normal for a lot of people to, you know, meet so many people, have so many great moments and, and be gone is you just got to reframe it. Like, okay, if I wasn't living this lifestyle, um, I would have never had this experience in the first place. I would have never even met this person, right? So you have to, you know, say like, okay, you know, I'm grateful, obviously, for this interaction. And if it does develop into something in the future, oh my God, amazing. If not, that's life. You're just living in on fast forward mode, right? Because your, your grandpa's going to die, you know, your best friend's going to die one day and you're just doing it in a record pace, right? So um, but that's very hard for a lot of these nomadic people. And you got to watch yourself because you could become jaded with it or like look at things transactionally or, you know, fuck be sitting there. I, I wrote a post on this on the Instagram in, in Palermo, um, Sicily, 2020. And I met uh, an aspiring actress, Italian actress on the tra train back to Palermo from uh, Chef Lou. Got on her date, had these two Airbnb uh, French girls. We're all staying in one big uh Airbnb is separate rooms. I invited them. So we go to this bar and then I hear two American voices behind me, accents. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, everyone is, you know, out of Italy. This is during the, you know, the pandemic. And uh, I'm just sitting there like, damn, I'm the coolest man in the world. You know, I got five tricks here. Everyone thinks I'm, you know, Mr. You know, international playboy man of mystery, you know, just ego shit. Right. Indeed. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm never going to probably see you again. Like, you know, I'll, on YouTube, this and that, this is all temporary. Like, what am I doing? Like these existential type of thoughts. And I literally left. I told him like, Hey, I'm sorry. I need, I need to go. Like, I, I don't want to, to be here at this moment. So I think a lot of nomads have similar um, type experiences and have you, and is, is it hard for you to deal with like the ever changing people, places, things, and nothing is uh, real. Burnout. Almost. Burnout. I would say that, Living this lifestyle, burnout is definitely a thing. Yeah, you, you can, you can, yeah, you can, you can easily, you can easily get burnt out. And I, I think I would jaded. I would, yeah, definitely jaded. I mean, I mean, I, I look at myself as an example. Right, last year I went to nineteen different countries. Last year, you know, this year I've probably been to ten already. And it, it, you know, you kind of when I'm thinking about right. The purpose now what's the purpose and the purpose is retirement and i'm kind of like I, I need to, you kind of have a word where you say matthew you need to slow down a little bit because 19 countries a year or 10 countries a year it's not really sustainable do you, do you know what i mean and i think the next step for me is kind of spending longer in each individual places and kind of doing maybe the trifecta thing where you spend your life in three, four places a year. You build more local connections, like obviously I did in Rio. Uh, the two places over the last couple of years where I probably spent the most time or the three places would be Mexico, New York, and, and Rio de Janeiro. 
and you when you spend longer in a place you really notice the difference you build those local connections you build those lasting those friendships that you know are gonna last as long as you come back you know as long as you come back um so yeah the jadedness no i i, I hear you because it's it, it, it's something that i'm kind of ex, kind of experiencing now i would say um so because it's you know it, it, it's it's not your normal life where you kind of you work all week and then maybe you have a little bit of fun on a weekend if you're not no careful. humans in history very few have ever done this we're not built for this like right. mentally like it's, it's not in our dna to live this way no you can have fun every day if you want it and like you, do you know what i mean and it, it, it's fine it's finding that work again you know i think every humans are suckers for routine i think you know, it, it routine routine can be good and routine can be bad, but it's also you know it's finding that balance. I think if you've got no routine whatsoever, that's not probably not good for your mental well being or perhaps your health. In my in, in my opinion, and I know that's not gospel. Some people will argue argue the toss and, and say that's not the case, but a little bit of routine personally for me is good, and I think that's kind of the one thing that I haven't had that I'm trying to trying to find whilst also having the balance of being able to to travel. So, yeah, 100%. Are, are you feeling that? Are you feeling jaded? Because, I mean, you're a lot younger than me, so your energy levels should be off the chart. <laughs> um, oh, I've been in Brazil for since February now, so a long time. Like, uh, I usually stay in places way longer. I like that. I did eight countries in 30 days one time. That was crazy. But uh, I just like, not uh, just the burnout, but like some, you know, hippie philosophy, weird shit about, you know, relationships and people. And um, I think another aspect that plays into it is, you know, humans for majority are defined by their external situations, whether it be their friends, their job, you know, their house, um, you know, and they're, they're reinforced daily about who they are based on a lot of external things. It just is what it is, right? And these no bad type people, like, and it's good and it's bad, but you're not defined by anything but what's in your brain, basically. Like mm -hmm. you're changing the places, the people you're hanging out with, uh, that the atmosphere. So it's like, I think that's very hard for people too to, you know, obviously you can find yourself this way, you know, what you like, what you really like, not what society told you or how you grew up or cultural programming, et cetera. But also it's like, uh, it's just, it's, it's a lifestyle that I don't think were evolved or you know whatever you believe in to to necessarily handle and there's issues that arise from it i i think you have to become a very good judge of character very quickly as well do you, do, do you know what i mean by that because obviously you're meeting new people all the time and it's a fact of life that you you, you just, you're not going to get on with everybody you're not gonna, you know, you're not going to like everybody you meet, and everybody you meet's not going to like you either. You know what I mean? It's and, you know, humans have a tendency sometimes not to be confrontational or don't want to upset people or like. But you, you've got to be a very, very judge, good judge of character quickly. And sometimes I meet people, and it's like within five or ten. I know you should never judge a book by its cover, but you know, in in this world, it's almost. It's kind. It's like uh, what, what what was speed speed dating, but you're not you're not dating. Do you know what I mean? It's like speed relationship building almost, and and it's just you're just like I don't have anything in common with you. Like, I find it difficult to talk to you. you. You know, subconsciously you say that. So it's just like you know, 
I'm, I'm probably not going to spend my time with you if, if, if that's okay. And you kind of just go off and, 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 and do your own thing. But yeah, you got, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just think you've got to be, it's like your bullshit detector goes off as well. Sometimes, you know, and you don't have to worry about, here's the problem. You don't have to worry about repercussions too. So like if this happened in your, your home city, and you know this person knows that person like you'd be okay let's just wait it out let's spend more time but on the road it's just like no fuck it sorry and sometimes like i i try to be a good person obviously you're not never a good person all the time right and i think that hurts you too is like, like i've gotten up many times and just left like said bye like because because you're not thinking it's just like hey and you become really selfish and that is the scary part too it's because yeah. when you're living on the on the road you're not really tied down to you know anything around you or or whatnot and you could become very like, look, no one tells me what to do. I do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, with who I want. Right. right. So imagine living that lifestyle, you know, for years on end and, and not developing some sort of uh, selfishness. Right. Like, you know, I don't sacrifice much. And um, I think these are issues that uh, that come about in, in this lifestyle. Freedom. Yes, it's great. But with everything, you pay a price in, in aspects. Right. So, well, uh, <laughs> I think you become selfish with your time, right? And and time's the greatest time's the greatest commodity that you'll ever have. You know, you're not going to get it back. So if you've wasted time, and we've all done it, we all waste time doing things, but that you're never ever going to get that time back. Um, and that's like the you know it, it, it's huge for me, and I'm always subconscious of that. But I also think like everybody deserves a chance. You know, always try and give give people a chance, uh, and you know, sometimes those relationships work out and sometimes they don't, but I think we're all kind of sometimes just guilty, selfish with our time. And like you said, I don't answer to anybody. I've, I've got, well, I, I say that I've got, I guess, even going back further when we talk about, um, you know, retirement and, and the exit plan and selling the business, sometimes I'm still answerable to somebody. You know, there's still a client where I've got to respond or I've got to get on a call and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I fucking hate that. I hate it. Do you know what I mean? And it, and, and it's, I won't miss any of it. I will not miss any of that. Um, so it's, it's um, yeah, it, yeah, jaded. It, yeah. Uh, you also, one of the things about traveling, I think, and meeting people as well, there's a lot of people out there that are just kind of like, um flag places do you know what i mean by that yeah just go to a place see the main just, stuff and get out of there just go into a country just to tick a box you know what i mean and, yeah, and yeah. say like I, i've done it i've been there that's i mean that's like crazy to me i, I met people who've like just walked over a border so they could stick a flag in it <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh, yeah digital nomads we come in all shapes and sizes you i mean you've got your digital nomads you've got your backpackers you know, you got you, 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 you know, a lot of your young backpackers. I spent some time in Thailand earlier this year and I'd not been since 2011. Um, and he was just, I looked around and I was like, everybody's really young. You know what I mean? I, I you know, I, I'm starting to get that kind of like old, you know, starting to think like, like an older person, I guess. Like, everybody looks really young and everybody's backpacking. Do you know what I mean? And it was, yeah. And I was just, I was just kind of like, that's not actually for me anymore. I'm 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 way past that. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, yeah, you, you 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 see all sorts. Tiredness is definitely a thing. You meet people from all different walks of life. You know, you hear you hear loads of interesting stories, but there are certain elements of it that kind of 
I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, whilst I love this lifestyle, there are elements of it that I don't, you kind of don't like either. Like anything. I wouldn't want to live any other way, you know, and I just, I'm not uh, trying to bring any negative energy. I'm trying to answer questions that I, you know, deal with periodically about living a lifestyle that is very unique to history, right? And uh, so I'm trying to answer it for the future people that live this life and have these questions. But anyways, hey, before we wrap up here, who is legit on Twitter? Who do you like on these Twitter things that you met in person? Like, who can I actually look at and be like, oh, okay, I like this guy. He's legit. Um, do you know um, Jeremy or Jers the way? Yeah, yeah. He's always been a nice guy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Jer- Jeremy's. Um, Jeremy's I just, I just um, tweeted because uh, he always does like. He reposts a lot of his tweets, you know, doing engagement and whatnot. And he, the one that always gets people heated is uh, the money per month in Latin America. It's live like a king or whatever. And he's always like, no, you need like 15 grand to live like a king. And everyone's like, no, like it's the greatest engagement bait ever. He's, he's uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's rocking it in Latin America like he's Donald Trump or something, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you need, you and then, need- then yeah, his best response is like, I'm sorry. I just don't want to live a normal life. To anyone that says anything different, it's just, it's great. He's not an asshole, but it's, it's just hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, there's, there's a few kind of like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't use Twitter, Twitter in a way where um, I make money off it. I'm not bothered about building kind of um, a, a social profile. I use it kind of for my interests, one of which is traveling Um I'm also one of my sidelines is kind of um, gambling professionally. Um, I wouldn't say um, um, or sports trading, as we call it in Europe. I wouldn't necessarily say that I do it professionally because I'm not full time with it, but it's a nice side income and I'm profitable with it. And I've been for a few years. There's a big sports trading community on Twitter, so I'm, I'm on it there for that. Um, but I think in terms of in terms of this lifestyle, there's a few that I haven't met that kind of have been on it for a long, long time that I, I think are legit. One of them would be uh, Lawrence King. I think he's a he's a fellow guy. Is from he the, the Paraguay guy? Is he doing the Paraguay thing? Yeah. He lives in Paraguay. He's, he's, he's a he's a fellow Brit, you know. So okay. you know he 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 advocates kind of. Leaving, he says the best thing about the UK is leaving. You know, he's he's got the same opinion as, as me. He's probably got a very similar setup as me. Like I said, I've never met him, but you know, there's a few things there that are similar. Have you I met think, any of these guys on Twitter? No, no, I'm not a big kind of like I'm not a big kind of like meet people on social media and say, hey, come on, let's 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 meet up. But these are just kind of people that I follow that I think that I I believe are, are, are legitimate. Although it's a murky world out there. I think um, is it Jake Nomada? He's, oh, he's funny, yeah. The yeah. Mexico guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Jake's been on it a long, long time. He's a huge advocate of Brazil. I very much agree with his, his views on Brazil. Oh, he said, uh, no, he said, I think one of his tweets was like, okay, Brazil, great, you know, the beaches, but it's it's too much bunda for a red-blooded <laughs> male. Like, you can't stay focused, you can't live there. And it's uh, true, like, this place is ridiculous, but I think you can find, you can manage it, but it is remarkable. The, the distraction and the sexual energy of the culture, bro. It's such a sexual sexualized type of atmosphere. But then you also have the hardcore religious people. I know people here that literally are in a group um, that have their women wear like uh, 
veals and like dressed head to toe and they're living in freaking paradise with string bikini girls walking around all day i'm like how the fuck is this possible this is ins i admire them i mean I, I i know obviously like brazil i mean they love to kiss don't they they just absolutely just, just come up randomly and just like you know start 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 kissing you it's just it's, it's, yeah i mean like you said the sexual energy is is off the scale like everybody's just fucking horny there do you know what i mean and and, it, and it's, it's it's like i guess um you know when you when you go to when you go to places like uh, rio and, and florinopolis as well it's i think with brazil the thing for me that i noticed especially when it, it comes to, to to the females is there is you there's 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 every color you know you can you can have the whitest white to 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 the to the darkest darkest black there's you know and it's Brazil is so different in terms of all the other Latin American countries where, you know, you, you go to, you go to Colombia, you can generally tell a girl's Colombian, you go to Mexico, you can generally tell it's, it's, she's Mexican. Whereas, you know, me and you can walk around Rio or Brazil, me and you can walk around, around Brazil and people would not, not think that we're Brazilian until we open our mouths. You if, know? if you don't have the typical gringo, attire on or if you're like just a fat you know you know american walking around day in brazil can't you you know you wear your flip-flops and shorts all day so <laughs> no but like the cargo shorts and i mean obviously socks yeah. with the sandals that i haven't i literally besides the sports stuff have not worn socks in probably like six months i i the loafers or just these 15 dollar handmade leather uh not Havana's. I won't. I refuse to wear Havana's in Brazil. Uh, sandals, <laughs> like Jesus sandals. Six months I haven't worn socks besides like the the sport I, I do. It's crazy. I love it. It's amazing. Perfect weather year round. You gotta go to the north. I gotta show you, man. You gotta. Uh, I'm I'm on a mission. Especially like it's getting close to. I'm gonna purchase a place here. And if I purchase a place here, I'm gonna market the fuck out of this place. I think it's gonna. It's perfect for the nomadic people that want to chill. You know, good Wi-Fi, safe, beautiful woman. You know. And the cost of living is remarkable. Are there, are there flights from Rio? Direct flights from Rio? Uh, I believe so, but mostly Sao Paulo. Um, I bet you can. Oh, you can fly into Recife, Rio to Recife, and then you take an Uber. It's like two hours for uh, like fifty, sixty dollars. Um, Recife is not bad. Recife is just they have sharks in the the beaches. A lot more dangerous. And Olinda, the colonial city of Recife, is amazing. But I did I did a ton of vlogs and podcasts on that. So if people are interested, definitely check it out. But Joe Episo is paradise. Do you know what? I might actually have a, a might actually have a friend that's in Recife and does uh, the diving. So you know, if there's some scuba diving with sharks over there, I might give, might give that a go and then head up to you. Yeah, do it. And you got Pipa, which is like the Bali of Brazil, but better. I've heard a lot of good things about Pipa. Yeah, oh, amazing. Little, amazing. Little, little surf village, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of gringos, but a lot of hippie types. Uh, good vibes, though. Like, I, it was like the main street was like uh, Playa del Carmen Fifth Avenue, but without the the street hustlers and all that crazy shit, just a bunch of people having fun. And then you can still find a lot of relaxing area people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the only the only issue I think with going to some of these places is obviously you, you need to be you need to have Wi Fi. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 for for, for no, work, just get the sim, the sim card. It works everywhere. I can get an eSIM for that. So, oh know. yeah, I'll do it. I still do the physical stuff. I like that because I like change the numbers and shit like that. And but um, yeah, 
can't really change the numbers. I've had the same number for about 10 years. Obviously, it's my business line, so I need to keep the numbers. So he seems... My WhatsApp better. number stays the same. My WhatsApp number <laughs> stays the same, but no, UK people don't use the WhatsApp for everything or no? We do use WhatsApp sometimes with some clients, but, you know, it's... Yeah, it's... it's I don't, don't really want to take that risk in case I miss anything important. See you. All right, buddy. Hey, hour and a half. Um, I appreciate it. You seem like a great freaking guy. Give me just uh, to finish it off... This, this lifestyle, the the key points to it, the realizations, um, any, you know, clickbaity, something beautiful, you know, don't be too cliche. I mean, yeah, you're putting, putting me on the spot there, but Nick, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I just, I just think that, you know, um, if you, if you're watching, if you're watching this podcast and, and you're kind of, you, you want to, you want to live this lifestyle or you want to give it a go, just, you know, don't don't mess around. I hear a lot of people saying, "Yeah, I'll 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 work for another twelve months. I'll work for another six months. Just just do it. Just do it. Just disappear for two or three months. Go to somewhere that you've never been before. Get an Airbnb or an apartment or a you know hotel for two or three months. See how you like it, and then I, I guarantee once that you're in, once you're in it, you won't you won't want to go back." You will not want to go back at all, um, but you've got to take you've got to take the risk first and foremost, and that's the biggest stum that's the biggest stumbling block for people. Yeah, what's your worst case scenario? You, if you don't like it or you run out of money before you get something off the ground, you just go get your job back, and then you work your job for another six or seven months, twelve months, and then you give it another go. You just go back to being the same as everybody else. When you put it like that, there is really no risk, is there? There's no risk, you know. Uh, some people are scared of what other. Oh, you gave that a go, but you failed. Oh, back are you? You know what I mean? When you what? So fucking what? Just the same as you. Do you know what I mean? What what risks have you ever taken? So I, I always live my life in terms of. I'd rather take a risk and it doesn't come off, than look back in twenty years and be wondering if I did or not. Yeah. And, things and usually I, things usually fall in place. This yeah. is usually how it works for people. You just and the universe rewards boldness, pun intended. You know, I always say this: the only time, uh, if it's like, because here's the scariest thing for a lot of dudes is talking to to a girl in the streets, you know, during the day or saying hi, you know, and saying you're beautiful. The only time I've ever felt bad in those situations if I walk past the girl of my dreams and I don't talk to her. All the times I've been rejected, made a fool. Forgot about it, didn't care, felt good. I went and approached, but I walked past that girl. I think about it for like an hour, like, fuck, damn, we could have had beautiful you know, babies. We could have lived in paradise. <laughs> I was too pussy to do any of that. So that's and, the and same you, metaphor for what you're saying. And you know what? There isn't a lad on planet Earth, is there, of a certain age that has not done that. There's not one single guy in the world where, you know, some, a girl hasn't walked past them or, you know, or, you know, if, if, if you, yeah, and and not kind of said to themselves, oh, wish I'd have said something. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's something that's happened to us all, basically. And that's the yeah. same thing with just traveling. Like if you if you feel the, the call, if you are anyone interested in it, do not look back in twenty years and be like, "Fuck, I should have just tried." You know, what was the worst that could have happened? I think uh, that's all you got to do, and it usually falls in place. You know, if it doesn't, you go back home. You know, Hakuna Matata, but. I think your perception, your reality, your mindset, your life totally changes when you uh, 
do something like that. You know, jump out the the deep, jump into the deep end with no life vest, Akuna Matata. Exactly. Exactly. Amigo, no uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they can. They do it through Twitter or whatnot. They like your vibe. Have a question for you? Yeah, sure. Um, my Twitter hand. You, are you going to put the Twitter? Oh, hand yeah, I'll throw it in there. So I'll, yeah. I'll throw it in there. Throw it up on there. Yeah. Anybody's got any questions? Just you know, they can follow me on Twitter. Send me a DM. Whatever. You know, um, I'm happy to answer anybody. You know, happy to happy to give advice where where I, I can. Um, you know, it, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, feel free. Beleza, and then definitely um, come meet up with me. I should be here when you're in in Brazil, but I think I need to go to Argentina soon. But uh, we're gonna see. But hey, huh? BA, you going BA? Yeah, I start off there and, and and see where it leads me. But I need I want to take advantage of that peso shit. I need to eat Italian type food again because, like you said, Brazil. I've gotten better. The north, I like the north food, but I need like fuck. I need that just that great meal, you know. Yeah, I mean the steak in Argentina is second to none, and obviously if you're taking advantage of the blue market, it's so cheap. If you don't take advantage of the blue market, it's actually one of the most expensive cities you'll go to. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? uh, closest thing to a European city you've probably got in Latin America, Buenos Aires. It feels very much like Madrid, I think. Yeah, I saw you tweet that, actually. Um, okay, yeah. beautiful. I got to right, say, everyone else, live bold. Ciao, ciao.